The author comes in at the very end. He's basically saying this. The teacher is wise. The teacher is good. Yahweh inspired me to put the teacher in the word of God. You need to realize that what you've been thinking in the back of your head that you might have been scared to admit to yourself or to talk to other people is true. Time is passing away. Nothing changes. Death comes to all and you will not be remembered. Life is pretty random. And no matter what you pursue under the sun, it will not bring you pleasure. And there is a wisdom to obey God because he's the only one who understands it. And there is a wisdom to just enjoying the good gifts that God is giving you right now rather than regretting war. And even Jesus said that. To which of you will gain anything by worrying? Does not God clothe the flowers of the field and the animals? And they're more fleeting than you are. And they're not the ones that he died for on the cross. So how much more will he take care of you? So don't worry about the future. And does not Jesus also say, don't regret the past. If you try to obey God and pursue them throughout your entire life, then just trust them that he has done something with your life and has produced something good. And so the answer to the past is trust God if you pursued him and obeyed him. And then the answer to the future is trust God. He will take care of you. And the author says that's good advice. And his observations are not wrong. So he, he, he starts with this. Chapter 12, verse 8. Absolutely meaningless laments the teacher. Amen, brother. All these things are meaningless. Not, one was, not only was the teacher wise, but he taught knowledge to his people. I put him in the book because he was wise. He carefully evaluated and arranged many proverbs. The teacher sought to find delightful words and to write accurately truthful sayings. The words of the sages are like prods or goads. The collected sayings are like firmly fixed nails given by one shepherd. The words of the wise are beneficial. They're like a goad that will guide you in the right direction of life. They're like nails that will firmly nail you down into the word of God and keep you stable and firm when the winds of chaos and the raging sea comes to sweep you away. And they're all given by one shepherd. Yes, there are people out there who have discovered wisdom inadvertently without Yahweh, but ultimately in all wisdom comes from Yahweh. There's one shepherd that you should be following, Yahweh. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Be wary of any wisdom outside of Yahweh. There is no end to the making of many books, and the much studying is exhausting to the body. Now, he doesn't mean don't study and don't read. He means don't study and read the wrong things, because it will just frustrate you. Having heard everything, I reached this conclusion. I listened to the teacher, and his observations were good and wise. But this is my conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments, because this is the whole duty of man. For God will evaluate every deed, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Now, he kind of repeats what the narrator or the teacher has said. But the teacher has kind of said, I hope this is true. I guess this is true. But I don't really have much confidence. I only have hope. The author comes in more like with a hammer and nail and pounds it down and says, this is true. And you can trust in this. And this is what he's saying. First, fear Yahweh and keep his commandments. 
He is the only one who is wise. He is the only one who knows the meaning of anything. And the only way you can know is through his word and his commandments. And if he truly knows the meaning of everything, and he has been in the past, the present, and the future, and he sees them all go, and he's giving you a law and wisdom and advice that will direct you along a good path, even when it doesn't make sense, even when you're suffering, even when you're saying, why God? Trust Yahweh. He knows the meaning of your life. And if you obey him, he will lead you. You can't control anything. If you really think about it, you have no power except for two things. What you say yes and no to and your attitude towards it. By now you've probably realized everything you've tried to control does not work. Eventually you will lose control. The only thing you have control to is do I say yes or no to this thing? And do I say yes or no to this? And whether I said yes or no to it and it comes into my life, whether I want it or not, what is my attitude towards it? Those are the only two things you can control. So say yes to Yahweh and have a good attitude towards him with fear and love and respect. And he will guide you so that one day you will find the meaning. So this is what he's saying. Go above the sun. Go above the sun and look for him. So you may not know the meaning of everything, but now when you build something and create something, yes, you will be forgotten. Yes, eventually you'll fall apart. But because you're doing it for the glory of God and you're doing it for the kingdom of God, God will use that without you knowing it to build his kingdom. And that thing that you built, that art that you drew, that music that you wrote, that child that you invested in, those words that you spoke, that hard labor, that enjoying the moment, all those moments that you don't understand the meaning of everything, if you're truly obeying God and trusting him and being guided by the Holy Spirit, he will use them to build the kingdom of God. And he will instill with meaning that goes beyond you. And he will use it to lead other people in the kingdom of God. And he will use it to make their life better. And he will use it to make your life better ultimately through the character and refinement of your life, like First Peter says. And then one day when you get to heaven and he builds the kingdom of God completely on earth and does away with all the evil in the world, you will begin to see the meaning. Maybe not completely and holistically, but you will see how what you did affected that life and that life and that life. Because when everything dies and it passes away, the kingdom of God will be eternal. And when nobody remembers you here under the sun, all the people above the sun who went to heaven will remember you. And when time passes away and nothing changes, above the sun, time is eternal and you're with God. And the narrator is saying, obey God and trust him that one day everything that is above the sun will come below the sun. And that's where you also, the second thing, he will judge everything. Trust God that right now nothing makes sense. Right now you have no idea what's going on. But one day he will clear away the hevel. One day he will bring everything into account. And this is one thing that the First Testament didn't have, that the Second Testament does. There is the second coming of Jesus Christ. And what the author is saying is the second coming of Jesus Christ is coming, though he's not saying this directly. He's hinting at it because he doesn't know it's coming, but God is working through him, so he's developing meaning without knowing it. The kingdom of God is coming to earth, and 
all this will make sense. You may not know the meaning of everything, but finally the wicked will be punished. The righteous will be blessed. Everything will be put in its proper place. And now when you do things for eternity in the kingdom of God, you'll understand the significance and the meaning of this enough that it will bring you truly satisfaction. It will not feel random anymore. Death will not bring an end to it. And there will be no idiot to succeed you. And so we don't understand everything. So go to God. And ultimately the author is saying, he's right, but he's too hopeless. He has some, but not enough. Go to God. Stop trying to control everything. Stop trying to figure everything out on your own. Just give up and submit to the Holy Spirit and rest in God. And just trust him. Your life is a blip on this history book. So eventually it will come a lot quicker than what you think, discovering the meaning to everything. This is where the book of Job comes in. Because Ecclesiastes teaches that there is meaning, but we can't grasp it because the world is not just. The book of Job is going to come in and say, yeah, but you know what? This life is suffering so much that I don't even know if I can trust God and I don't even know if he's good and I don't think he's just. And so if you ever had those thoughts, you're not alone because that's what the book of Job is going to deal with.